Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Lawn and Landscape Radio Network. A few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of going out to the National Collegiate Landscape Competition at North Carolina State University. It was my first trip out to the event, making me one of several hundred who had never experienced the event before because COVID had made previous competitions virtual. I got to watch students cram in some last-minute studying, get behind the controls of some equipment, and identify different types of plants. That's a pretty different experience than my time in journalism school. Well, okay, maybe the cramming for last-minute studying, but that's beside the point. Ultimately, BYU Provo won its eighth national title since 2003, when they started keeping track of national champions. With this much success, there had to be takeaways that students, schools, and even those in the profession could learn from these champions. So, I called them. Before we get to that conversation, here's a quick word from our sponsors. The only app every landscaper needs. CompanyCam makes it dead simple to communicate, document, and problem-solve with guys in the field no matter where you are. CompanyCam brings documentation, communication, and liability protection together in one simple, easy-to-use app for you and your entire team. Take unlimited photos and videos, share custom reports, create flawless before and afters, and even communicate and share progress with homeowners with galleries and project timelines. All from your smartphone. CompanyCam, the only app every landscaper needs. Check it out at companycam.com slash lawn and landscape or in your app store. Okay, back to the show. So, NCLC. It's a three-day competition where horticulture students from all over the nation gather on a college campus to compete against and network with their peers. When I called Phil Allen, one of the coaches of the BYU Provo team, the first thing he did was make it immediately clear that this podcast wasn't going to be about taking a victory lap for them. I just want to make it clear that this is not about bragging. We are competitive in one sense because we bring a big team. And a lot of schools that only bring a dozen kids or 15 those kids are competing in three or four events. Most of our students are just competing in one. So that is a competitive advantage. And every school that competes is a winner and, and comes to this is a, one of the best schools in the country, in my opinion, because it shows that the professors care enough about them to take them out and put them in an environment where they're trying to do their very best in some cases in events that they don't have a lot of background and experience in, but they're getting exposed to it. And regardless of the outcome, we've been back there in the back of the pack for several years, the first several years we came, but everybody's a winner that participates in the, uh, in the NCLC. Of course, that's not to suggest the winners didn't have some celebrations. After all, they spent months practicing with their team captains, Ashley Beezer and Janetta Tykert, plus Phil and other team coaches, Greg Jolly and Ryan Stewart. That's not even to mention the months they spent fundraising, cleaning out their stadium after football games or hosting career fairs. Winning was still quite the emotional experience, one that Janetta has a hard time putting into words. I'm not exactly sure what all has gone through my head, except it's like, I can't believe we did this. <laughs> um, Ashley and I beginning of this semester we like sat down as team captains and we decided as a team goal we wanted to win national the national championship for nclc and 
positive about your teammates, right? But none of us have ever been. But I think that helped give us a good goal to shoot for. And so that's something that I'd been planning for and preparing for. And then as they were just slowly going through each school, I was just like, okay, we're one closer, we're one closer. I had a heart attack when they delayed the announcement of Brigham Young University, Idaho. And then when they announced us, I was just... I was just so overjoyed, just like laughing and crying and screaming with friends. And I don't know, it just kind of felt a little surreal to reach that goal that we'd been striving for. Janetta says practices began in January, and all competitors invested a fair amount of time despite all their other life obligations. School and work certainly come to mind. Yeah, so. As a whole team, we had a class set aside during the semester where we met for just an hour each week. And Ashley and I, we helped one another prepare with like different resumes or networking connections or even just had free time where people could practice if necessary. Um, some people, if they're in like a plant ID event, they would go to different ministries and greenhouses either on BYU's campus or throughout Utah Valley to practice. And so I know for some of them, that driving time is half hour to an hour or two, depending on which nurseries they went to. Um, some of us who had like the hands-on events, we would set aside an hour to two hours each week to practice. And so it just kind of depended on what your particular event was or how many events you were doing. And so we encouraged everyone to set aside at least aside a half hour to an hour or so if their events weren't exactly timed. But did take a little bit of time out of our week, and so it was kind of nice to get that back after NCLC, but the time was definitely well worth it. Ashley, for her part, agrees with Janetta. It all comes down to how much work they put in prior to NCLC. I mean, there are unique things about our program, but we're not learning different horticulture than somebody else. So it's really just about putting in the time, setting goals, and making plans to achieve those goals so that's what we would do is we would talk to the students about their competitions and help them set goals and make the plans months in advance so that they could prepare well for their event because that's where the difference comes in I think it's preparation that process begins with finding the right spots for the right people Phil says the team roster is determined in November and they've crafted a way where students help one another hone in on their skill sets plus identify the right competitive categories. With over 30 events, there's a place for everyone who's willing to work. How do you sit down with students and determine, okay, these are going to be your competitive categories. You know, how do you you sort them out and and figure out, okay, these are the things that I think competitively you'll do best? Yeah, well, I'm going to give you a little bit of a history. You can use it or not. But the first year I attended with students, It was held at uh, North Carolina State. And none of those students had competed in anything. I didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what to expect. And they only chose things that sounded interesting. It took us three years before we actually started competing in every single event. And because there's a lot of events I don't know anything about, some of the equipment operation, for example, We had the students at the end of the competition just write up a summary of what the event was like in as much detail as they could, and then recommendations on how to prepare for the event. And Jimmy, that's been our system, and 
really a competitive advantage over the last 20 years, certainly, is that our students teach the next competitor the following year or two, even two or three years down the road by writing up just really a, a good description of what the event is like. That said, we're willing to share those write-ups and our materials with anybody in the country, any of the other schools, just the way we share information for our classes and so forth. So we have a little two-page application that indicates where they're at in terms of freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, where they have completed internships, what they have experience in, and they can check off on each of the competitions which ones they feel like they might be best suited for and then indicate in a little box why that is. You know, maybe they worked with a, a skid steer over the summer that's similar to the one they used in the event, or maybe they did landscape design with Vectorworks Software, one of the sponsors, or Dynascape. And so we have them do that. The students themselves really run all of the preparation. NCLC isn't just about the competition. In fact, almost the opposite. There's an annual career fair where students can walk the floor and meet face-to-face -face with interested companies to talk about internships, jobs, and career goals. Even if no job offers come from the meetings, Phil thinks this is an essential element to the event. Because we have students from all over the world and country, it's really important for us in our networking for those students to be able to interview meet with companies from all over the country from where they're from or where they're interested in moving to after they graduate. So the competitions are really secondary for us. The networking and the friendships are way more important. So this year was actually my first NCLC. Um, I got hired on at Lawn and Landscape a few years ago, and I was supposed to go to the Michigan State one, um, and then COVID had other plans, right? So, um, but I, I thought that the career fair was just an outstanding way for students to kind of meet other people, talk with those in the industry, and actually get a little bit of a foothold on you know what it's like outside of you know the classroom. Absolutely. And a lot of the industry, you know, we've been going long enough that several of our graduates are now in the booths recruiting students. So it's good to connect with our former students and renew those friendships and help the current students make friends with as many people as they can. And that's really my primary role. For Janetta, the career fair is an eye-opening experience because talking with possible employers reminds her why she got into the field in the first place. I feel like when I, when I talk to different students and they hear I'm in landscaping, lots of their reactions like, oh, you're just out mowing and getting dirty and working in the sun, which I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that, but it's more than that. And I think when the companies are able to show that it's just more than mowing, it's more than just digging holes, I think that's when they're able to attract more people, and especially students, to their companies. Um, for me, it's been the companies that are like, this is how we are able to give back to the community. This is how we're able to give back to the earth to help replenish the earth, to make it um, renewable. And when I'm able to hear those from companies, that's what attracts me to it. And 
that's why I've stayed in the landscape industry because I feel like there's a way I can make a difference to help improve the land, even if it is mowing and blowing and digging holes. I find it's very purposeful. And that networking doesn't just end at the career fair. Ashley says she got some particularly helpful feedback during the business management event, where she actually thought she didn't do so hot before ultimately placing in the category. The judges determined not to sign the hypothetical check, but things ultimately still worked out for Ashley. Like with an outcome like that, I thought maybe I wouldn't even have enough points to contribute meaningfully to my team, which was something we had discussed a lot was how our goal was to win as a team. So placing wasn't as important as getting team points. But I was worried about that. And after leaving, I uh, talked to a lot of the industry professionals who were in the room watching. And and we talked about some of the good things that I had done, like some of the good things I could take from, from my role play and some of the things I could have improved on. But things like... Uh, just for my specific example, like they told me, well, you were really confident and you made eye, t- eye contact, really helped try to figure out what their needs were. Um, so things like principles like that that I practiced, I could definitely apply in the real world. I mean, those are things every day you're working with clients that, um, and trying to help other people because it's a business. You're selling the landscape. And so I'll be able to take those principles and also things I learned um in, in general, I, I did still place in the event, which was like came as a shock to me because I thought that there was no way to place without getting that check signed. But I took third in the event and it just taught me that like uh, you could you can still win, as my, my one of my friends put it, that even if you think that you might not win, like you, you can still be successful and you don't always know how things are going to go. So, yeah, that's awesome. And what, just out of curiosity, what were some of the things that they said, Hey, you know, this is how I would improve for next time, or this is what I would do differently in a real world scenario. Yeah. They told me to be a little bit more flexible and to think outside of the box and be more creative with how, how can we maybe get this project done? And it was a timeline issue is what it was, is the clients wanted the project done sooner and I wasn't as flexible as I maybe should have been. I thought that we couldn't do it. So I learned that maybe where there's a will, there's a way we can get things done if we'll put our minds to it and be creative. So that's one thing that they, the advice they gave me. For BYU Provo, at the end of the day, It's not all about winning. It's about paying it forward. We set goals and we make plans and we stick to them. And I think any student competing can follow that pattern and be successful. We also have the benefit of students who have gone before. So we have a lot of networking. We have that good culture in our program so we can get the help that we need. So I think for any student who, who wants to be successful, set goals, make plans, and talk to people who have competed before. Because lots of people are willing to help, willing to give you advice and tell you kind of how the competition goes, um, how you need, how you can best prepare. And honestly, we as BYU students want to help other students. Before we went to North Carolina, we set we kind of discussed as a team the importance, how much we did want to win, but really the importance of like, this is an opportunity for us to help other people. And because we do prepare well, we can help other students to be prepared also. So we 
would ask people, what are you competing in? And then if they were competing in our event, we would invite them to study with us or kind of refer them to whoever on our team was doing that event. So the success comes in the preparation, I think, but also in, in willingness to share, because I think even if we hadn't won, we still would have felt good and still because of our efforts to help other people and kind of maybe would even feel a little bit of that like like had another school one that we had networked with feel so happy that we were able to contribute to that even though it wasn't our team for more lawn and landscape coverage of nclc check out the link below or for our listeners away from our website check us out at lawnandlandscape.com thanks and congrats again to the team from byu provo This is Jimmy Miller, and we'll catch you next time on the Lawn and Landscape Radio Network.